you, Artie and Brenda, and the worship team and musicians. And that song was very appropriate for what our topic is today as we're studying through the life of Abraham in our study. And we're talking today, indeed, about when your faith is tested. When your faith is tested, praise God. We'll get into that in just a moment in your bulletin. If you'll pull out your bulletin today and inside you'll find today's uh, outline, if you will, for our sermon notes, and we'll get into that in just a few moments. Praise God. If you have, uh, if you're using the YouVersion Bible app, you can open that at this time, and uh, I'll go ahead and make sure that we're, there we go. There's the instructions, so you can uh, open the Bible app, the little brown Bible, YouVersion Bible app. And on the lower right-hand corner, press More, and then halfway down, Events, and then select Casaview Assembly of God. And all of today's study notes, all the, the, the slides, everything, will be on your phone for about a week. You can go back and review it. You can share it with coworkers and friends, and just allow the Holy Spirit to use that to be a blessing to you. Amen. I like to begin with just a little bit of humor, just to get everyone's attention. I heard about... A, uh, a newlywed bride who uh, shot her new husband for stepping on her clean kitchen floor. And uh, he was wounded. He was bleeding. He didn't kill him. And so he limped out onto the front porch, got his cell phone, and called 911. Well, when the police officer arrived, the husband was sitting on the front porch just bleeding from his wound. He was holding his shoulder and... And so the policeman came up, and he got the word what had happened. So he, he got his story, and seeing it's only a flesh wound, the officer jumps back in his squad car, and he calls into the station, to headquarters. And he said, uh, well, here's a report. He said, I have a very interesting case here. He says, a woman shot her husband for stepping on the floor she had just mopped. And so the sergeant on the other end said, well, I've never heard of that, but said, uh, have you arrested her yet? He said, no, not yet. The floor is still wet. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) All the men said, amen, right? Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Praise the Lord. There's a moral to that story. I'll let Floor tell us what it is later on. Amen. Praise God. Our theme for this year is walking with God. Walking with God. And uh, we have been studying uh, a series of, of lessons, really, from an example of one of the patriarchs of the faith. And that example that we've chosen, we could have chosen many examples. We chose Abraham because here's a man who was called a friend of God. And I think that's a great tribute to be called a friend of God. And if you want to learn how to walk with God, uh, let's find examples of someone who did. And so we could have talked about Enoch. He walked with God. And Moses was a friend of God. David was a man after God's own own heart. There's all kinds of examples from the Word of God of people who are examples of people who walk with God. And uh, But Abraham is a classic example. And we've been looking at his life and uh, to give us some insight as to the will of God, how to walk with God, how to follow God through the good times and through the not-so-good times. And today we're studying one of those times. 
And our uh, understanding is that as he was following God, doing what God said he, he was to do, he had received the promise of God at the age of 100, had uh, the birth of the son of, uh, of promise came on, on to, the, to the scene. And it wasn't Ishmael, it was Isaac. And so now uh, Isaac is, is a young man, he's, he's probably a teenager by now, and uh, Scripture says in chapter 22, verse 1, here's our text, it came to pass that after these things, that God tested Abraham. You mean you can walk with God and God will test you? Absolutely. You ever been tested by God? Amen. Now, Abraham did not understand why his faith was being tested. Why his pro- the promise of God, his faith in the promise of God was being tested. And there are times when we are tested. Have you ever wondered why certain things are happening in your own life? Matter of fact, have you ever asked God, why is this happening to me? Well, just hang around a little few more years and it will, if it hadn't yet. Amen. And that's what I want to speak to you for a few moments about this morning. And that is walking with God when your faith is tested. When your faith is tested. And actually, today's study is actually a part one of a two-part message. Because this message is, is much greater than what we can do in our time that we've allotted for our study this morning. So I'll come back with part two uh, in here in the near future. And so uh, let's, next Sunday we have a guest missionary, uh, the Collins family. Uh, actually, Colin Clements, the Clements family. Colin and Brooke and their three daughters, three little redheads, are going to be here. And they just had the youngest born in April. And so uh, uh, they're a very, just a gentle, sweet family. But the Lord called them to go to Russia. And so they, ha- they were in Moscow, living in Moscow, when the Ukraine war broke out. And the Assemblies of God, Division of Foreign Missions, said, get out now. And so they scrambled. All the airlines were, were booked. They couldn't get out the normal routes. And so they got out any way they, they flew anywhere they could go just to get out. And so they ended up in Turkey. And uh, they assembled their team that they got back in Turkey. And they have a fascinating story of all the events that took place and how God directed them into the country of Georgia. And they've been serving there in Georgia and uh, a Russian-speaking satellite country as well. And they have some very interesting stories to tell us. Uh, Colin Clement, uh, Clements, Colin Clements and Brooke, his wife, very sweet people. They've been here before and uh, they're coming again now and uh, going to give us an update of what is going on in Russia next Sunday. Amen. Okay, we're back to uh, what we're talking about today, two-part message. And so this morning we're going to focus on the reason maybe why that our faith would be tested. And then next week, or, or next time after the missionary comes, we're going to be talking about not only why, but how we should respond when it, it happens. And maybe reason, reasons why God does this. Amen. And so both these messages are, are great messages. Not that the delivery is going to be outstanding, but the, the message is good. It's a good message. Amen. And I hope that you'll be able to, to be here. How we should respond. We'll get into a little bit of that today. But one of the things I wanted to focus on is that in our walk with God, 
that it is not a destination. It is a process. It is a journey. And it is a journey that is part of our spiritual development. And there are times that blessings come upon us. Oh, praise God. I love those blessings. But there are also times when we go through adversity. And it's part of the process of shaping our faith and our dependence upon God. Amen. Incidentally, we're praying for Dora and her family. They leave tomorrow, right? To fly to California. Her mother passed away. And so we're praying for the Martinez family and just lifting them in prayer. Amen. Praise God. We're going to keep you guys in our prayers. And so there are times when you have experiences where you lose loved ones. That's part of life. Amen. And so it's, a de- it's not a destination. It is a journey. It is a journey. Now, God in His wisdom chooses to fulfill His purpose in our lives. And He chooses to work through people who are less than perfect. <laughs> Aren't you thankful? <laughs> Amen. We have a, we, God can even use us. Amen. And so uh, as I read through the life of Abraham... He was not a perfect person. He made mistakes along the way, and we've studied some of those. And, and uh, he got in the flesh, got ahead of God, and, and uh, we see that he lied a few times when he lied about his, his wife being his sister rather than his wife when asked. And, and so when God gave Abraham the promise and gave Sarah the promise, not only did she laugh, he laughed as well. I mean, they thought it was hilarious that God was going to make uh, him become a father at the age of 100 and her a mother at the age of 90. But it happened. Amen. So they were not perfect creatures by any means, but God was still able to pursue and, and fulfill his plans, his purpose, his will in their lives as they responded in obedience to him. You ever wondered if you will ever reach... The full potential of what God has destined for your life. I think all of us have been there. We've all wondered that at times. Because none of us are perfect. We've all made poor choices along the way. Bad decisions. And you may have come to the place that you think, well, God could never use me. You don't know, Lord, how I've messed up again, you know. Well, if God could fulfill his purpose in Abraham and Sarah, and they were not perfect people. Friends, I've got a word for you. He can fulfill His purpose in you as well. If we will respond in the same way that they responded in obedience and trusting God. Amen. So we have to come to the place that God can trust us. And it requires, many times it will require a testing of our faith. Now, if we were in charge, we would never have the test. I mean, we would just, hey, let's just cruise on from victory to victory. But we're not the boss. Amen. And so here is exactly how God tested Abraham. And in chapter 22, verse 2, he said, Now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. And we know from the story that Abraham obeyed. He took his son. He took bundles of, of uh, wood and with some servants. They went to the mountain and he told the lads, said, uh, stay here, me and my son. We're going to go up and we will come back. It was a, a statement of faith that he, they would come back. 
And so he built the, the altar and he was ready. He tied up his son and he placed him on the altar and he was ready to take the knife and to plunge it into his son to offer him as the Lord had asked. And, and the angel of the Lord stopped him and said, no, stop. Said, uh, and, and scripture says, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And the Lord had a ram caught in the bushes, and the ram became the sacrifice. Praise God. It was a test. Now, sometimes, oftentimes, most times, we don't understand what, what it is, why we're going through what we're going through. But it, could it be in the purpose of God, in the plan of God, that this is but a test? A test, a test of your faith. To demonstrate to the Lord the genuineness that we're going to keep trusting Him regardless of the circumstance. God is so faithful that, quite honestly, it should be very easy for anyone to trust Him. Amen? Amen. And so the issue is not that we're not trusting God. The issue, the real test is, can God, hello, trust us? That's the issue. And that's, I believe, why the test is there is not to demonstrate are we trusting God so much. And there may be part of that. But the issue really is can God trust us? Amen. Walking with God, again, is a journey, not a destination. And I mentioned earlier, it's a process of development in our lives that will many times bring testings of our faith. And our text said, now it came to pass after these times... After these things that God tested Abraham. Now the testing itself is more of a refining process to prepare us for God's ultimate purposes. The test is not so much to prove Abraham, but rather to refine Abraham. To refine him. And what do you mean by that? If you have some metal that you're going to refine... And you take ore out of the ground or whatever it is that you take. And you, you're going to put it into a smelting pot. And you're going to melt that down. And you will skim off the top all of the impurities until all that you have is the pure metal. And if it's silver, whatever it is. And that's kind of what's going on. You're, put in the, you're being put in the fire, in the furnace, if you will. And all of that stuff you've been depending on that's just of the flesh... You know, you're depending on your own strength, whatever it is. And the Lord, you're having to depend upon Him because of the fire. You're, you really get, you really have a prayer life then. Hello, you know what I'm talking about? You really seek God then. Amen. And as you do, all of that other stuff begins to be skimmed off until what remains is pure. Amen. And that's the refining process. I remember getting uh, some information, I think from Elaine Magoo several years ago, about the silversmith. And how that the silversmith was being interviewed about the process of refining silver. And uh, the silver had to be placed into the fire until it reached a... It had to look a certain way. And if it wasn't in long enough in the flames, then it would retain the impurities. And on the other hand, if the silver was in the flames too long, it would actually burn the silver. And so you don't want to scorch the silver and it would damage the quality. So the natural question arose to the silversmith. And the question was, how do you know when the silver has been refined long enough in the flame? 
And uh, so that it's not uh, destroyed and the quality is not damaged and there's enough impurities removed. And the silversmith replied and said simply, oh, that's easy. I know when it's been in the fire and refined long enough, when I can look into it and I can see my reflection clearly in the silver. That's how I know. And friends, we are the ones that are being placed in the fire. Hello? And we are the ones that are being refined by the fire of the test. And when the Lord, amen, can see His reflection in us, amen, it's when all the impurities are removed. That's the goal. So the purpose of the test is to refine all of the impurities of our dependence upon our own flesh so that all that's left is pure faith in God. Amen. That's the test. Now what's interesting is when the test took place. It said, after these things, the Lord tested Abraham. Well, what's that about? See, the timing of the test was not something that was random. It was at a specific time in the plan of God, in the will of God. And it says, and it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. The Lord has a timetable that He knows that we don't always know. Even the birth of Jesus Christ. Galatians writes about it and says, In the fullness of time God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born of the flesh. And so there was a time for Christ to be born. There was a time for Abraham to be tested. Amen. And so this is not something unique just to Abraham or just to the birth of Christ. Throughout all of Scripture, there are people who came to a defining moment in their life. And it impacted not only their life, but the lives of so many others. I'm reminded of the life of a young man named Joseph that had a defining moment that he ended up in a prison in Egypt. And it was for the blessing of all of his family came as a result of that. There was another man by the name of Moses who killed an Egyptian and who high-held it, tight-held it, if you will, to a wilderness area of Midian for 40 years to hide out. And while he was hiding out, God was doing a work in his life. And one day he saw a bush that was burning, but did not burn up. And he approached that, and it was God that was in that, and said, Take off your sandals of your feet, for the ground in which you stand is holy ground. And it was a defining moment for Moses. And then later in the history of Israel, there was a young lady, a beautiful, beautiful young lady by the name of Esther. And Esther was placed into the, the palace as a potential bride for the king. And, uh, and she became queen, Queen Esther. And her uncle came to her one day in a time of crisis and uttered these famous words to Esther. And these words are simply this. Yet who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. There is an appointed time for each of us. And I believe that in each of our lives there are defining moments where we make decisions... Either we're going to live for God and walk with Him all the days of our life, 
or we're going to run from God. And, uh, I, you know, we've all come to those places in our times, those defining moments. And if we choose to run from God, we will follow after our own foolish ambitions. I believe that our lives are filled with defining moments. As we have opportunity to impact not only our lives, but the lives of others. And Genesis 22, 1, it says it came to pass after these things. It was another defining moment that God tested Abram. And again, it was a refining process. And this refining process uh, is, a re- is a process. This refining is a process. And as such, it takes time for God's purpose to be fulfilled in our lives. Abraham had been walking with God, with the promise of God, more than 40 years, maybe closer to 50 years. And all this time, his character had been developed, his faith level had grown, and he wasn't the same person that he was when God called him out of Ur of Chaldees. And now he's approaching a time that God's going to ask him for the ultimate sacrifice. The purpose of God was not so much what Abraham did, As much as it was this developmental process of who Abraham had become through all of this walking with God. And I believe that the purpose of God is actually the will of God for our lives is a process. A process of development, a refining process in our lives. Every one of us are interested in doing the will of God, right? We all want to do the will of God. We're interested in doing the will of God, but God is much more interested in us becoming... A godly person than doing godly things. Hello? Because if you will become a godly person, I tell you, you will do godly things. Amen. We're interested in doing, but He is interested in us becoming. And so that's why it's vital in our walk with God that we understand that it is a journey. And it is a developmental journey. A journey of developing our faith. Our faith in God. And so the question is not, are you doing the will of God, but rather, is the the will of God being manifested in us? I'm convinced that, again, if you and I will become the person, the godly person that God wants us to become, what are you talking about? I'm talking about every day. You're getting in the Word of God every day. You're spending time in worship. You're growing intimately with God. You're talking to God. You're praying. You are working on you each day. In becoming a godly person that day. You're overcoming the challenges of the flesh. And it's a battle every day. And some have uh, greater battles than others, if you will. But the point is, if we will become the person that God desires us to become, then I believe that we will end up doing what God intends for us to do. It's just a natural byproduct. Amen. So many of us are primarily interested or concerned with doing His will And we pray, oh God, open the door so that I can do this. But the Lord is saying, open your Bible, get on your knees, humble your heart, and allow my spirit to refine you this day. Amen. Open your mind, open your soul so that you can become the woman of God, the man of God that you need to become. And so we need to understand that walking with God also means pursuing the person of God. In a personal relationship with God, a personal friendship with God. And as we understand that, and as we begin to navigate through Scripture, 
and we learn about God, we all of a sudden we're, we're learning more about His nature, His character, the things He likes, the things He does not like. You're learning about, you know, about the nature of God Himself. And so we must understand His ways and His character, His nature, and not just His deeds, not just His acts, not just what He does. You can find any number of people who long to see the Lord's deeds. Matter of fact, uh, Psalms 103 verse 7. He, God, made known His ways to Moses, but His deeds or His acts, He made them known to the children of Israel. So the rest of the nation just got to know what God did, but Moses got to know why He did what He did. Amen. Amen? His ways, His character, His nature. And you can find everybody wants to see the Lord in action. I want to see the Lord in action. Do you want to see miracles? Absolutely, we want to see miracles take place. I love to see the wonders of God, the power of God. And I love to see the acts of God, the deeds of God. But even more than that, even more significantly, in preparation of my own heart, I need, I long, I want to understand His ways. His ways. I need to understand His nature. I need to understand His character. I need to understand why He does what He does. Isaiah, now that's a hard task. And why is that? Because His ways are much higher than my ways. The prophet Isaiah says, speaking of God, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts from your thoughts. So his ways are obviously different. They're much greater. They're much higher than ours, than the ways of natural man. And that's why we need to have an intimate relationship with him every day so that we can know his ways and know his thoughts. Amen. And you cannot do that if you are not in the word of God. The Word of God will reveal His ways and His thoughts. Amen. Now, when we finally begin to understand the Lord's ways, it will eliminate the necessity of our having to see something happen or happening all the time to be sure that God is there. Now, this is important. I want you to really get your mind focused on what we're saying here. It's called the Doubting Thomas Syndrome. You know, Thomas, one of the disciples after the resurrection, Jesus had appeared to all of them except Thomas. And then Thomas shows up and, and they tell him, hey, Jesus is resurrected. He's here. He said, well, I'll, I won't believe it until I see it. You know, he's from Missouri. And uh, the show me state. No. And I won't believe it until I see it. Until I, I see those, I put my finger in, in his scar. And it's, you know, I, I just, I'm just not going to believe it. And then later the Lord shows up and he says, Thomas, reach hither thy hand and place it in my, you know, here. He says, you know, uh, you, you, know you understand these others uh, are more blessed because uh, they believe and, and have not seen. But you have to see. But it's okay. It's okay, Thomas. And so, uh, the point is, a lot of people feel like they have to see it happening to be sure that God really is still concerned about them. 
when we finally understand the Lord's ways, then we will not be discouraged at our circumstances, no matter how dark, no matter how bleak, no matter how hopeless, how helpless, how dark the circumstances will be, we will not be discouraged when we finally understand His ways. You see, people who have to see the sunrise to be sure that another day is coming are people who will always live in fear of the dark. But people who know that God has ordered this, the course of this world and has established laws and has established the planets in order around the sun, they know They don't worry about the darkness of the night, how dark it is, because they know that tomorrow the sun is going to come up again. Amen. They know that. They don't have to live in fear of darkness. They don't worry about the darkness of night. Why? Because they are secure in their confidence that another day will dawn and the sun will arise. Now, friends, you may be going through darkness right now. I don't mean literally darkness, but I mean a a, a battle, a physical infirmity, a financial darkness, whatever it is. You may be going through a relationship darkness, and, and it looks dark, it looks bleak, it looks hopeless, it looks helpless. But if you and I will begin to get an understanding of His ways... No matter how dark the night looks, if you can get an understanding of how faithful He is, and He who promised is able to perform it, amen, then you can stand in confidence and in peace even in the midst of the darkness. Amen. We can stand in peace even though we may not understand why we're going through whatever it is we're going through. And we're standing in peace. Why? Because we know His ways. Because we know His character. Because we know His word and His promise. And we've read and said in Psalms 30 verse 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the joy that is coming in the morning. And so learning the ways of the Lord, learning His character, is much more important than just seeing His deeds or seeing His acts. So Psalms 103.7, again, He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. The crowd got excited about when the Lord would have an earthquake or the, the lightning would flash or a voice from heaven. They get excited about those things and, and maybe rightly so. But Moses went into the secret place with God and God would speak to him face to face as his friend. Praise God. He learned his ways. Now the ultimate desire of the Lord is finding people. And he found Abraham. He found Moses. He found others. Who simply do whatever God says to do right where they are. And again, he's looking for people who long to discover the ways of the Lord, the nature of God, the character of my God. 
And quite honestly, I may not understand what's going on around me at any given time. But I know that I know that I know that He does not change. I know that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if He has declared in His Word, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never forsake you. You can take it to the bank, friends. That God has promised to never leave us alone. Amen. And ultimately, that's where Abraham was in his walk with God. God had called him out of Ur of Chaldees, and he left and he obeyed, and now he, he went to Haran and went to Canaan and gone for a little while in Egypt, and now he's back in Canaan. And uh, finally, the son of promise comes after 25 years of waiting on God. The son of promise comes, and he's rejoicing, and now this young lad is growing up, and God says, take your son Isaac, the son of promise, and offer him on this mountain to the Lord as a sacrifice. And I promise you, friend, and here's the verse of Scripture. He said, take your son Isaac, the only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. I shall tell you. And I assure you, there's no way that Abraham understood what the Lord was doing at that time when he tested him. But... Even then, he responded in faith and obedience because he had learned the ways of the Lord. He had learned that God is faithful. And by faith, he took his son. And where was his faith? His faith was in God, the character and the nature of God. How do you know it was by faith that he took him there? Well, because Scripture tells me that. In Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, it talks about this story and it says, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned, that if Isaac died, that God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Amen. Now the call to leave Ur of Chaldees and the call to sacrifice his son are diametrically different levels of faith. It doesn't take a lot of faith to say, okay, pack up and leave and, and, and I'm going to help you along the way and bless you. You know, that's a small level of faith. Go and sacrifice your only son. Let me tell you, that's laying it all on the altar right there. Amen. And Abraham didn't grow overnight into that level of faith. It was a process, a journey of walking with God for all of those years. And that he came to the place in his life, in his, in his development of his faith, that he firmly was convinced that God was able to resurrect his son if he was calling on him to do this. And in between those two events, leaving Ur and this ultimate sacrifice, there was a lifetime of growth. So walking with God is a journey, a process of spiritual development of faith. Well, as I get ready to bring this message to a close today, what are the results? What are the results of walking with God? What are the results? Well, the results in Abraham's walking with God were at least threefold. Number one, he obviously received the promises of God. Praise God. That's a wonderful result. Another result was he learned 
the heart of God. He learned what God was, was about and the nature of God, the heart of God. And he became a friend of God as a result of that intimacy with God. And then thirdly, he became an instrument in the hands of God for blessing. Well, what will be our results of walking with God in our lives? I believe that they'll be the same as Abraham. If we will do what Abraham did and keep trusting in God regardless, then we too can receive the promises of God. We too can learn the heart of God and become a friend of God. And we too can become an instrument in the hands of God for blessing. Amen. You receive that message today? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to invite the musicians to come. His ultimate purpose for us is not that we arrive at some destination in our spiritual journey where we have done great feats. We've walked on water and we've, you know, had miracles come through our our fingertips and all that. Even though we desire some of those things, that's not the ultimate purpose for us. The ultimate purpose is not to make us super saints in the eyes of others. His goal, rather, is that we come to our, a place of our walk with Him where we grasp and understand His nature and understand His ways, His character. So much so that we are ready to abandon ourselves to whatever direction, whatever leading, whatever that He would guide us to do and move in response to that call, that beckon, and to trust Him completely even when we don't understand why. See, the desire of God's heart is to bring us to the place where we will never again doubt His character or His nature, regardless of what we're going through. We're going to keep trusting Him. And this is a place in our lives, in God's Word, in God's Word, that His Word becomes so absolutely secured in our hearts That we will walk forward into the darkness of the emptiness of, of night. The blackness of the unknown. When there seems to be no immediate, we don't even sense God is there, but He is there. Because we're trusting in the Word. We're believing in the Word. And all that we know, we've prayed and, and, and we've prayed and there may not have been a word yet. And all we have is the peace that God is giving us on the inside from the assurance that we know Him. We know His character. He has not changed. He's still the same. He will not abandon me. Hallelujah. He loves me. He's going to... He, hallelujah. You're standing on the rock. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. And that rock is that He is faithful and He has not changed and He will not change. There's a place where we can come to know God's Word that He will never fail us and His presence will never leave us. We must get to the point in our lives... That we believe God so completely that we will follow God's direction even when we don't understand why. Wow. Have you come to that point? Have you come to that point in your journey that you believe God so completely even though you don't understand why you're going through whatever it is you're going through? Praise God. I believe that's the purpose of the refining process that God is working in each of us. This purpose is to develop within us three things. Number one, a total receptivity to doing His will, a total abandonment to His ways, and 
a total readiness to do whatever His Word and His wisdom directs us to do. And when we get to that point, friends, in our walk of faith, know this. You and I are finally right where He wants us to be. Fully, completely trusting in Him. Now just trust Him. And keep on trusting Him. And know this. He will never fail you. He will never fail you. And again, the issue is not, can we trust Him or not? That's not the issue. We can trust Him. The real issue is, can He trust us? Can He trust us? That's the question that I close with today. Can the Lord trust you? Heavenly Father, Lord, that's my prayer. The prayer of my heart, Lord, is that, Lord, you can trust me. And Lord, I may not understand the trial, the test of faith that Abraham went through. Lord, there was a refining process in his life. And he was willing to trust you regardless. And Lord, you saw the genuineness of his faith. And Lord, there are times that we go through things that we don't understand, we don't comprehend. We don't know why in the world that we're ill. We don't know why in the world that that this adversity has come our way. But Lord, we're not going to abandon you. We're going to trust you. And as we trust you, it's going to be revealed that you can trust us. And Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives today. I believe that I receive because I'm trusting in you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come. Congregation, let's stand.